Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. On a mission to bring the benefits of sport to kids everywhere, they go beyond technology to provide leaders with professional development and relationship building, and to work with sports-based organizations to address issues of accessibility and equality. To learn more, find them at League Apps com or as league apps on all of the social networks now here's the host of the show longtime soccer broadcaster and voice of united soccer coaches dean linky i am dean linky this is our special holiday edition of the united soccer coaches podcast it is presented by league apps and we have a wonderful show one of the true living american soccer icons hank steinbrecher is headed into United Soccer Coaches Hall of Fame. He is our special guest. I think if you take the time to listen to his interview, you will consider it time well spent indeed. And then a little bonus add-on, meeting another 30 under 30 member from the new class for United Soccer Coaches, Josel Mateo. The great Hank Steinbrecher and Josel Mateo. And it all starts after this message from our amazing presenting sponsor, League Apps. We bet you didn't get into this business for the back office duties. That's why we created League Apps, the industry's leading youth sports management platform. So you can spend less time with busy work and more time doing what you love. League Apps provides organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. Once again, here's the host of the show, Dean Linky. The United Soccer Coaches Hall of Fame was established in 1991 to honor achievement in coaching, work on behalf of the association, and lifetime contributions to the game of soccer. Individuals are elected into the association's Hall of Fame based on selections made through balloting of the Hall of Fame committee. And on October 13th of 2022, United Soccer Coaches announced the election of four individuals as the newest members of its Hall of Fame. All four will be inducted as members of the class of 2023 during the 83rd annual United Soccer Coaches Convention, January 11 through 15 in Philadelphia. They are Al Albert, Dr. Thomas Fleck, Roy Gordon, and featured on this holiday edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast, Hank Steinbrecher. Mm -hmm. Hank Steinbrecher began his coaching career at Warren Wilson College, where he served as head coach and athletic director. He coached at App State University from 1978 to 80, leading the team to three consecutive conference championships and at Boston University from 1980 to 84. During his time at BU, he also served as the director of the Boston soccer venue at the 1984 Olympic Games. In his coaching career, he produced 14 All-Americans and 11 tournament teams. Hank Steinbrecher was hired as the Secretary General of U.S. Soccer in 1990, a position he held until February of 2000. During his tenure, U.S. Soccer experienced unprecedented growth, both on and off the field. He also served as the point man for the host federation for two of the most successful FIFA tournaments of all time 
1994 Men's and 1999 Women's World Cups, as well as the 1996 Olympic soccer competition at the Atlanta Games. Hank Steinbrecher was inducted into the National Soccer Hall of Fame in 2005. In 2012, he received the Werner Fricker Builder Award, which honors those who have established a lasting legacy in the history and structure of soccer in the United States. He is also a member of the New England Soccer Hall of Fame, the Eastern New York Soccer Hall of Fame, the North Carolina Soccer Hall of Fame, the West Virginia Soccer Association Hall of Fame, and the NAIA Hall of Fame. He was recognized by United Soccer Coaches with the Bill Jeffrey Long-Term Service Award in 1990 and the Honor Award in 2005. And it feels like a lunar eclipse because every few years we have to recognize and need to recognize the incredible service for Hank Steinbrecher, and that includes going into the Hall of Fame. We cannot think of a better guest for this very special holiday edition, and we say happy holidays, and we welcome the great Hank Steinbrecher to this edition of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Welcome, Hank. Dino, it's so great to be with you again, and uh, lovely to hear you and lovely to talk to you. And as you can see, it's the holidays. It's Christmas time. We celebrate Christmas in my house. Other religions celebrate others, but it's the spirit of this holiday, the spirit of thankfulness, the spirit of joy. So I thought I'd be fit for the occasion. You are indeed. That sweater looks great on you, Hank. You look great every time I see you. Look, you've got a lot of Hall of Fames. I didn't even name all of them because we can even go back and we will a little bit on what took place at Warren Wilson College in a moment. But right now, the focus is on you going in to the United Soccer Coaches Hall of Fame. Hank, you've received too many memorable calls to count, but what do you remember about being notified about going into the Association's Hall of Fame? Well, first thing you have to understand what the... uh, United Soccer Coaches, or during my lifetime, the NSCAA, uh, means to me and meant to me. Uh, It established my career. Uh, Belonging to your professional organization, no matter what occupation you're in, is critically important and getting involved is critically important. And the amount of knowledge I received from my colleagues, my peers, uh, the help that I've received all along the way came primarily from the NSCAA United Soccer Coaches. Uh, so when I received this call, I was, I was actually shocked uh, for two reasons. Uh, one, the, the first reason was that, what the hell do I deserve this for? I haven't coached in 40 years. I mean, I know I'm old and <laughs> I'm getting on, but uh, I haven't coached in 40 years. I don't deserve this. Uh, it's an honor I really, I really don't deserve. Uh, and I was shocked by the, the fact that uh, you all would think of bestowing this, to me, great honor. All of my mentors have come from that organization. Well, it's worth pointing out that one of the big focuses is, is lifetime contributions to the game of soccer, Sir Hank. So you indeed are very deserving because one of the fascinating things about you that doesn't always happen is when you go from a coach and for lack of a better word to a suit, right? Because you were wearing the suit and you were wearing the tie. Sometimes not, people not just a, a blue, not a blue shirt, but had to be a white shirt. <laughs> this is the Quaker Oats Company. <laughs> yes. Amen. Amen. Highly conservative. 
Yes, but you wore that suit still with an eye and an understanding of the importance of coaching and the importance of United Soccer coaches. Can you comment on that? I had an unbelievable opportunity in my life. It, it changed the trajectory of my career and actually was able to take part in an event that I thought changed the trajectory of soccer in America. Now it's the 84 Olympic Games. I mean, we had uh, 107,000 people for the final. Uh, Boston sold out all of our, our venues. Uh, it was a magnificent, magnificent affair. From that Olympics, I was given an opportunity to join the Quaker Oats Company to do sports marketing for the product of Gatorade. Uh, and that put me in touch with NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NASCAR, PGA, LPGA, every sport you can think of where there was a need for fluid rehydration. We were there. But I learned how to construct that contract. Uh, I learned what was important to the consumer. Uh, I, I worked with brilliant, brilliant minds. Uh, I was a soccer junkie, you know, and an English major. What the hell did I know about business? Uh, but, but they made me look good. So, yeah. They did. And then... I think it was Alan Rothenberg that had you most on your radar, but maybe it's somebody else. You know, when they needed a secretary general, they went to you. Was it Alan or was it somebody else, Hank? It was Alan. Uh, Alan, Alan was uh, the commissioner of soccer for the 84 Olympic Games. And uh, the, the man who was in charge of eight sports, soccer being included, was Bill Schmidt who was a javelin thrower in the 72 Olympics, the only American to medal in the Olympics. And uh, I worked directly for him. I was his direct report. He was a VP of sport. And he, he and I worked really hard together. And after the games, he called me and said, son, it's time for you to leave coaching. And of course I did the same, you know, oh, no, no, no. My team next year is going to be great. It's had the best recruiting class I've ever had. But I'm going to admit I was burnt out after the Olympics. That was really very stressful environment. Uh, and had a had a bad year, and, and I wanted to come back and prove my myself. You know that I'm not capable of losing record, but capable of great things in in coaching. Uh, but Bill convinced me that uh, now it's time to leave. Uh, I, nah, he said, well, I'm going to invite you and your wife down to uh, Waldorf Astoria for a weekend and uh, spend time with me at the NASCAR banquet. NASCAR, I'm a Brooklyn boy. <laughs> like that I know about NASCAR. You know, there's all these guys from the South and uh, it was an eye-opening experience. And I still said to Bill, no, I don't think I'm interested in it. Gotta fly you to Chicago. I want you to meet the president of the Quaker Oats Company. And I want you to meet the staff. And I flew out there uh, met with everyone and was so impressed with their intellect, their integrity, uh, their drive, their power, their leadership. When I ended my conversations with Bill Schmidt, uh, I said, well, how long do I have to make a decision? And he made me a financial offer the office that from a coach uh, to what he offered me in terms of stocks, et cetera, et cetera, and salary. I have a family to think about. So I, uh, I said, how long do, you, do I have to make a decision? He said, well, 
Hank, if you can turn it around as quickly as possible, because I have to, I have to move on. I said, I'm hired. <laughs> Called my wife, told her we're moving to Chicago, get the house ready. <laughs> and uh, we were very happy there. Wound up staying in Chicago for 32 years. Incredible. Yeah. And part of that was with U.S. soccer. So going back to the lead up of your incredible time at Quaker Oats, which we've covered several times, including the Gatorade shower. So I feel like people know that story. But yeah, I feel like people are going to be fascinated, though, how Alan Rothenberg got you away from Quaker Oats. What do you remember about his sales pitch to say, hey, come be my secretary general? We got a lot of big things going on right now in U.S. soccer. We just qualified for the World Cup for the first time in 40 years. The women were getting ready to go to China. The men looked pretty good for the 92 Olympics. And of course, the 94 World Cup was being held in the United States. Well, actually, everything was a question mark. How well will we do in the World Cup? Will, will we be successful? And to be candid, it, it looked a little bit bleak, right? Uh, future was uncertain. Uh, but I had been talking to Alan ever since I was in, in Boston at the Olympics. He and I kept up communications. And we talk about the Federation. We talk about what, what, uh, what needed to be done, what structurally needed to be done. What type of marketing did we have to do? And initially, Alan asked if I would be consider being the chairman of the marketing department for the Federation. And of course, I, I would, but I needed to get approval from the higher-ups at Quaker Oats. And I went through the system, and they all said, yes, but you have to divest from anything you're doing with soccer in terms of contractual relationship. And that was fine. And uh, Alan was elected. And the next day, he contacted me and said, uh, I need you to leave uh, Gatorade. I need you to come on board with uh, the Federation, either the Federation or the World Cup Organizing Committee, whatever one you want to come to. Let, let, let's get it done. Uh, and I said, well, the World Cup is one time. Uh, the Federation lasts forever. And I'm much more concerned with building the game in America than I am about running an event. I've done that. The Olympics, we've done that. But to build an infrastructure for the game uh, of soccer in America, that's, I'd much preferred that challenge. That's a great answer. As you sit here today, do you still get to speak with Alan Rothenberg periodically, Hank, at all? Quite often. Okay. We have conference calls between the, the old presidents and the old secretary generals. And yeah, that's got to be fascinating as well. I mean, I'm, I'm imagining that you kind of go down memory lane. And then, of course, you probably also, if you haven't done it yet, you'll talk about. Think about it. You have Alan Rothenberg, Sunil Gulati, Bob Contiguli, Dan Flynn, Hank Steinbrecher on one conference, on one Zoom call. Wow. And we're rehashing everything. Believe me, we will rehash this whole World Cup and what our performance was and et cetera, and then talk about what needs to be done in the future and, and stay, stay tight. I mean, there are a remarkable group of, uh, of leaders, of men, men, men amongst men. Indeed. And I feel like you have multiple Zoom families. I think you even have one like pseudo Zoom family with several prominent people with United Soccer Coaches, do you not? In some, in some form, every once in a while, check in with them? Every once in a while, we do. Uh, we have one with uh, the, my college team. 
Davidson Elkins College back in the 1970s and 70s and won national champion. And we'll have six, seven of the teammates and our wives on for cocktail parties. All right. Which is, great, which is great fun. Yeah, great indeed. Fun. Great fun spending time with Hank Steinbrecher. We're going to take a break and come back with more of our holiday edition going into the United Soccer Coaches Hall of Fame. This man's got like 20 Hall of Fames and counting. Uh, maybe I'm stretching that. I don't know. It's pretty close. Hank Steinbrecher, he is a legend. We'll be back with more Hank after this. This is Dean Linke, host of the United Soccer Coaches podcast, and I want to remind you that it's not too late to register for the 2023 United Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia. From January 11th through the 15th, connect with your soccer coaching community and enhance your resume at the Can't Miss event of 2023. Attend more than 200 education sessions taught by world-class instructors in addition to socials, meal functions, award ceremonies, and a huge exhibit hall offering the latest in coaching tech, equipment, and so much more. And don't forget to stop by and say hello to all of us on Podcast Row. I'll see you at the 2023 United Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia. Welcome back to our holiday edition of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by League Apps. We are speaking with a living legend, Hank Steinbrecher. He'll be inducted into the Hall of Fame. And Hank, the word is, as long as your health holds on, and I know that we've uh, talked a lot about the health issues you've been dealing with over the last several years, but I've heard your plan is to be in Philadelphia. Can you verify that or update us on that? Uh, my plan is to be there. Uh, we're having a lot of difficulties keeping the uh, heart rhythm in, in place. Uh, as you know, I have a degenerative disease. It's incurable. I'm not going to get any better. and It's progressive. Uh, so it, it, it may be a struggle. Uh, I go for it. A turtle doesn't go for it unless its head's out of its shell. Uh, I'm up for it. My son okay. wanted to take me surfing. Yeah. So he said, you want to go? And I said, blank, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Well, and you know what? You got to be there because, you know, Hank, there was always this expression and people meant it in the most sincere way. And they would always say, Hank gives the best podium in the world. That is, you put a podium in front of him, you put him on the stage. And I know you heard that, Hank. I mean, you on a podium, in front of a podium on a stage, I think it's the best ever, really, in U.S. soccer. And I feel like there'll be a lot of people that would back up that statement. I had the great honor of introducing you several years ago as the honorary All-American with all those young high school kids. And you resonated with these kids that weren't even born in 1990, right? And, and there you were up there giving your speech and all of them looking directly at you. What has it been about you where anytime you have a chance to address, particularly young people, because I also introduced you at the one that was in Florida as well, and you brought the house down again. What is it about when you get in front of that microphone, you always are so insightful and you have every every single person's attention, Hank, full stop. Well, number one, it may not happen again this time around because um, my strength is not very, very long. It doesn't last very long. So I may have trouble getting up to the podium and I may have trouble giving a rousing kind of talk, but it's simple. It's the love of the game. 
It's the beauty of the game. It's the universality of the game. Everyone, it's the religion, if you will, of the game. Uh, that just seems to resonate with me and I can communicate that passion. Uh, so I've been very fortunate with that. It's a, to me, it's a gift, but the real gift is my, my love of the game for me, for my enjoyment, never mind anyone else. Uh, and yesterday, what a feast. <laughs> what soccer. a yeah. feast of a soccer game. My gosh. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. Dean, yeah. that game, well, beyond everyone saying it's the best football match, soccer match they've ever seen in their lives. Yeah. To me, it was like a symphony. It was like a ballet. It was purely symphonic. And it built to this, you know, great crescendo at the end. It was like listening to Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. It was just so enthralling. And here I am. I'm not well. But by God, he gave me the grace that I could see that. You got to give thanks. Yeah. Amen. When you think about giving thanks, who are some people in your lives that, uh, and you know, this is always tough because you might be worried that you're going to miss somebody, but is there, you know, a handful of people that uh, have really made a difference in your life? You said some names already, Hank, but uh, another opportunity to maybe say some more names. Are there some names that uh, rise to the top as you think about your amazing career? Let me frame it this way because there are so many. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying even to get my mind around how to, how to give thanks to yep. so many people. Uh, and I'm going to tell you right now what I believe to be my unvarnished truth, okay? I was a player. Uh, I was not a very good player but I played with some great players and they made me look good. Okay? Players like Wolfgang Woschka, uh, people like Bill Nuttall, Scotty Smith, Niels Hanke. I mean, these, these people made me look a lot better than I ever was. And I had coaches that were Warren Swanson and Greg Myers, deans of the game, men that I could emulate and try to be like and role models for me uh, that certainly affected my career. Then I went into coaching and I looked at my peers, the Jerry Yagley's of the world, the John Rennie's of the world, the, uh, these great names of soccer, the Walter Bars, the Steve Nagescos, the Terry Fishers of the world. These were amazing, amazing coaches. And when I compared myself to them, I was average. Hmm. I, I was the on varnish truth. I was average. But we had some great players. Players like Thompson Usain, players like Eric Vauder, players like Cheche Vidal. We had great players. Luis Sugiyama. Uh, these guys made me look good as a coach. And if anyone at that coaches association doesn't admit that their players make them, they're ill. <laughs> then I went into, into business. What does this soccer junkie English major know about business? Zero. But my colleagues from Wharton, from Harvard, from Yale, all these brilliant minds, super leadership, 
Bill Schmidt, they made me look good. Then I went to be Secretary General of U.S. Soccer. Where's the book on how you become Secretary General? How do, how do I know about the international part of the game or the domestic part of the game? Who? Where's the book? But people like Alan Rothenberg and Sunil and Billy Nuttall and Joe Cummings in the audience and Tom Meredith and this army of soccer Americans, they made me look better than I was. So the unvarnished truth is I have all these people, this army of people to thank for helping me be better than I am. So well said. We're going to take one more break and we'll be back for our final segment with Hank Steinbrecher going into the United Soccer Coaches Hall of Fame. Could not pick a better person to be featured on the holiday edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Performance analysis is now recognized as having a crucial role to play in any coaching program. The United Soccer Coaches Performance Analysis Level 1 Special Topics Diploma will provide coaches with real-world examples of how analysis is being used to enhance the individual player development process and maximize team performance. Additionally, successful candidates will achieve Level 1 accreditation as an Applied Performance Analyst from the International Society of Performance Analysis of Sport. Register now by visiting the Master Course Schedule on unitedsoccercoaches.org. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, our special holiday edition with Hank Steinbrecher going into the United Soccer Coaches Hall of Fame early January in Philadelphia. And Hank, when we went to break, you were talking about at every level, so many people to thank. I know one level where you don't have to think that hard to thank, and that is your family. I want you to talk about your family again. I want you to talk about your wife and your boys. Just an amazing family, the Steinbrechers. Well, when you, you put things in perspective, um, talk about being a fortunate human being. Uh, I found the best yin to my yang that there could be in the world. My wife and her scientific approach to life juxtaposed to my romantic impulses, <laughs> rounded us all out. She, she was the perfect yin to my yang. For 50 years, and by the way, did I say how much I love her? Oh. You know, the, the fundamental aspect of, of any relationship. She had a very important job. She was the director of disaster planning for the American Medical Association. Think about what we're going through right now with the COVID. She was talking about this 20 years ago. Then I have a son who serves in our military or served in our military and obviously incredibly proud of him. And another son who is an emergency room doctor here in Tucson, Arizona. All I did was get people to play with a little round ball. Mm -hmm. So put things in perspective here. I'm very fortunate to be part of this clan this family uh absolutely 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 blessed and more in love with each one of them every day the older you get the more deeply you feel that amen and yeah yeah that's I, that, I feel it a lot i love that answer i am enjoying my boys more than ever as they're 
25 and 21. And I feel that Hank, and I could feel it in your answer. Uh, a couple more questions with you. Cause another part of your legacy is you moved U S soccer to Chicago, one of the biggest cities in the country. And that's where U S soccer remains today. They finally did outgrow U S soccer house. I'm not going to lie. I was a little sad about that. Hank, uh, very sad because, uh, I was one of the first people through the door. If you remember, but that's another part of your legacy, moving U.S. soccer to Chicago. When you think about that move, what's it mean to you, Sir Hank? Uh, we were in Colorado Springs. In fact, the office of the general secretary is right next to the crap house in the building that we occupied, a very small building. You'll remember that building. Very hard to operate a World Cup or host a World Cup from Colorado Springs. So we had to have a media transportation corporate hub. And we put it out on bid, 27 communities. We linked it to whether or not you're gonna get a venue for the World Cup uh, in 94 with those cities. And Chicago made us the best offer. Those two magnificent buildings, which now are, <laughs> are valued in the millions of dollars. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not sad to see them out. Uh, I'm happy. Uh, and the reason I'm happy is, is an indication of growth. Mm. Uh, we had a lot of room to expand, not anymore. Uh, so I, I'm happy in that regard. Those buildings are, are beautiful and they bring back lots and lots of memories, but you have to see the sport continue to, to go, to continue to rise. I mean, we're, we're gonna have an amazing World Cup here in 2026. Those people at the convention, they've got to be part of it. They've, this is where opportunity lies. Uh, I wish I were a young man again. Well, you certainly laid the groundwork. You're a trailblazer. And as we wrap up our time, I want to tune it all the way back to going into the United Soccer Coaches Hall of Fame and your true love and affinity. As I mentioned, even as you left coaching behind, you never left the association behind. I mean, Hank, there's only a handful of years that you haven't made the convention. That's how important it is to you when you could easily just be on the beach or in Arizona or surfing with your sons or whatever, but you've always made it a priority. What is it about the association that has made you always say, I am a part of this family. It, it is uh, the most unique professional organization I've ever been to. And I've been to the NF NBA uh, associations, the basketball association meetings, all of these things. Nothing is like the, uh, the convention, nothing. Uh, I can recall as a young player, my senior year, uh, my coach, Greg Myers, drove me up because he knew I wanted to be a coach. And I asked uh, a vendor for a badge to get into the, get into the facility. Uh, and I have to say, when I was dead broke, I did that often. <laughs> uh, so I started going to the convention in 1968, 69. Uh, I missed it in 78. I was in India. And it was the year of the blizzard in Boston. And I missed it recently because of bad health. Other than that, I've been there. That's what I thought. Yeah. And uh, it's a great organization. It's a great fraternity, great sorority, a great family. 
a great passion of love. It is a, <laughs> for my generation, it's a Woodstock of soccer. Mm. So well said. Well, I look forward to seeing you on that stage on that Friday night, January 13th, as you are one of four incredible gentlemen that are inducted into the 2023 class of the United Soccer Coaches Hall of Fame. It's a blessing to be with you, Hank Steinbrecher. It's a blessing to have worked for you. And congratulations on all your well-deserved honors, including going into the United Soccer Coaches Hall of Fame. Dino, I may need a little help getting up to that podium, but I'm game. Let's go for it. I'll help you anytime, anywhere. Hank Steinbrecher, happy holidays, my friend. Love you, pal. Love you, too. Take care, Dino. Bye-bye. I could listen to Hank Steinbrecher all day, any day. Just an incredible man. Hopefully you all felt that listening to this special holiday edition with Hank Steinbrecher headed into the United Soccer Coaches Hall of Fame. We have one pleasant add-on as we will meet another member of our new 30 Under 30 class, Joselle Mateo, after these messages. United Soccer Coaches Advanced Diplomas have long been regarded as an excellent way to expand your coaching knowledge, advance your career, and improve your players' development. Now, with our blended format that incorporates online and in-person learning, coaches with ever-demanding schedules can earn their diploma in the most time-friendly way possible. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash advanced-diplomas for more information. Does it feel like all you're doing to manage your team, club, or league is busy work? If so, League Apps can help you get back to doing what you love, delivering a powerful yet simple youth sports management platform. From robust registration and payment tools to automated communications and other software integrations, League Apps saves you time and headaches. Less busy work, more time doing what you love. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Welcome back to our very special holiday edition of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Hank Steinbrecher is going in to the United Soccer Coaches Hall of Fame. It was great of him to start the program. And as I mentioned, we have one more guest and we meet him now. My favorite part of the program is we meet the new 30 under 30 class. And today we meet Joselle Mateo. Joselle, welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Lee Gaps. Hi, Dean. Thanks for having me. Joselle, you got a couple cool titles. I'd rather have you, Sam, so we get it right. Tell us what you're doing at a college. And then I think you actually own something as well. Talk to us. Yeah, yeah. So I'm the assistant and strength conditioning coach for the women's team at Rutgers Newark. And then I own my own training facility uh, for athletes and small group training, private training in New Jersey called Crank Sports Performance. So that's Crank, C-R-A-N-K, is that right? K-R-A-N-K. K-R-A-N-K. Does that stand for anything or? It's a little more bold. Um, I honestly inherited the name from, you know, past gyms that, you know, we used to work on mainly adults group training. And then I came in and, you know, I <laughs> working with athletes and soccer players, I kind of made it into my own and it worked out in a way that, uh, I could have my own place and make it for athletes, sports performance. Good for you to do all that under 30 is awesome. Well done. And of course, when I see Rutgers, I know it's Rutgers Newark, but as you know, I work for the Big Ten Network and I cover Michael Neal's Rutgers women's team. Tell me about the Rutgers Newark team. What what division is that? That's division three. Division three. Okay. And who's the coaches that you work with over there? 
Our head coach is Jonathan Bilbao. And then uh, we have assistant coaches, Sebastian Orozco, uh, Crystal Gonzalez, and me. All right, awesome. As you know, we love to drop names on this show. So let's start from the beginning. Josel Mateo, great name, by the way. Tell us where you were born and how you found your way to Rutgers, Newark, please. Wow, let me give you the short version. Uh, I was born in Lincoln Park, New Jersey, so North Jersey. Um, how I got to Rutgers, Newark, I coached and played at the Paul Catholic High School in Wayne, New Jersey. Uh, coached and played at TSF Academy uh, here in also Lincoln Park, New Jersey. So I've been in Jersey all my life uh, playing and coaching. Um, I had the opportunity eventually after I got into strength and conditioning the, to work with a college team. I was just a friend of a friend that recommended me the position. And I've been there for a year now. I like one of your answers uh, when you submitted the application for 30 under 30, when it says, why have you chosen to coach at the level you do? And you say so eloquently, college athletes face a tremendous amount of pressure, balancing schools, social lives, family, and of course, performing at a high level on and off the pitch. By being able to provide guidance to these athletes, like I never experienced during my career, I feel fulfillment with equipping my athletes with tools to be independent, confident, and brave in today's world on and off the pitch. That's really well said. Can you elaborate on that comment? Sure. I think um, I've been through my own career and my injuries that uh, kind of cut it short, maybe shorter than I would like. So I've been through, you know, a lot of identity kind of changes. Like first I'm Joselle the player, uh, then I became Joselle the coach, and now I'm Joselle the business owner and strength and conditioning coach and all these things it's the things you get out of your sport, right? It's the things that you get out of the training and the relationships that help me now that have like, I, I can apply all these things that I learned and all the hardships to, you know, identify athletes that maybe were in my shoes or identify the struggles that maybe I face and I can help them, you know, equip them to handle it better. That's why I kind of do all the things that I do. Um, and at the college level, you know, you are independent, you know, you're becoming an adult and in the world is, it's difficult for everyone even after college. And I started to realize that. So I think um, the earlier that I could help kids, especially soccer players, because that's, you know, I love and know the game, um, the better for me. Reading from your comments, you say, I feel the best coaches carry an open mind, a desire to learn and improve and truly care about the development of their players. That's well said. Then you said the most important challenge that you're facing at your level of coaching is helping meet each athlete where they are at in their lives. What do you mean by that? Everyone has their own story. Uh, everyone has their own past. It's how we can come together and use it, especially in a team setting or how I can help use what you've been through to help you and see that maybe things that you look at as adversity, how can we use that as motivation or uh, something as a win? I like to help people see that once they take control or once they see the things they've been through, like how much more they can do. We're meeting Joselle Mateo, another member of the amazing 30 under 30 class, this year's class. So great to be with him on this special holiday edition. Another question that was asked of you is if you're accepted, how would you use this opportunity to impact your soccer community? And you end with this great sentence. You say, Joselle, that you feel that is it is vital for more soccer players and coaches to bridge the gap between the technical and tactical with the physical and psychological. I like that comment too. Can you add to it? I think when I first started this path, I always wanted, after being injured, I initially wanted to go into physical therapy school. Uh, it didn't work out that way. And I ended up the strength and conditioning and coaching route. So then I realized how much 
I learned and how much I grew as a person going through those kind of things and, and seeing uh, what more there is outside or off the field uh, when it comes to training my mind and my body. When you got the word that you were going to be part of this current 30 under 30 class, who were the first people that uh, you called to share the great news with? Fellow coaches that, uh, you know, that I respect and uh, my mentors that I, I wanted to let them know, like, hey, I, I got this. Thank you so much for helping me and guiding me here. I wouldn't get it without you. And then obviously my family, my girlfriend, my friends. What's the most important part or maybe a couple key parts out of being a member of 30 under 30 that you're looking forward to, Joselle? I think definitely meeting other coaches um, that are like-minded, that are pushing the envelope, that are pushing the boundaries, that are so excited to learn and share. I think I'm in a phase now where I've been coaching long enough and I kind of know where I want to go and I know what I'm good at and I know what my weaknesses are. So I definitely want to connect more with, you know, the mentor that I'm going to get and the other coaches my age to, you know, push my limits um, to see, open my mind a little bit more around the game and everything that's around it. If you've listened to my interviews with the 30 under 30, you know, I do the double M's mentors and memories. We'll start with mentors. You've got the floor. Who are people in your life? They can be coaches. They can be family members. They can be teachers. They can be friends. Who are some people that truly helped you get to where you are today? Sure. I think I'm going to start with my parents. Um, they came here from the Philippines. So I'm a first uh, generation. Uh, they came here around my age, maybe $100 to their name, uh, coming to a new country. I don't think a lot of their family was here yet. So um, just them doing that and giving me the life that I have and the opportunities, uh, I just want to make them proud. So they really showed me what it's like to be a good person, to work hard and, and those kind of things. I have another coach, uh, John Saunders. Right now, he's the director at TSF Academy. He coached me maybe when I was 10, 11. It's all a blur right now, but he showed me what it was like to be a professional um, at a young age. Honestly, uh, the standard that he had us train at, the the things that he demanded of us, the the way we acted, how we ate, how we treated other people, how we cleaned the field, all those little things, how we trained. Um, really, I still apply those things to my life today. Um, and then lastly, I'd like to thank uh, Ariana Ruella. She's the assistant at NJIT now. She gave me the opportunity at Rutgers Newark to really bring me back closer to the game. And I can't thank her enough for that. Well done, Joselle. Now memories, and you may have to dig deep, but I like to ask these young coaches, your favorite memory as a player at any level, any level at all, just one memory that stands out for you is really special. And then your favorite memory as a coach, I would love to hear as well. I, I would say uh, winning the first county title uh, with my high school team, uh, DePaul Catholic. That was a great memory, I think. Uh, just the team that we had and the guys that we had, the coaching staff that we had, it all was like, uh, I don't know, it was like a movie. It was, it was, it was meant to be, uh, and I'll never forget that. As far as coaching, hmm, I would say this year, my just because it's, it's fresh in my memory, but uh, it was definitely different my first year coaching at the collegiate level. I think the, the standard of play, um, you know, seeing all the different things that go into a program and how it operates, uh, competing with top teams in the NJAC, I think was really cool. And seeing how uh, I could apply my craft and my knowledge to help my uh, team to finish with one of the best uh, records they ever had in the conference was, was great. Two great answers. Really enjoying this conversation with Joe Mateo, a member of our 30 under 30 class. You might know I also asked the crystal ball question, and that is 10, 15 years from now, Joe Mateo wants to be doing what? Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. I like that. I'd say definitely, hopefully still own my own facility, uh, have it bigger, uh, better, 
and be able to, you know, still coach at a high level. That's all I really want. I don't want too much out of, uh, I'm already doing what I want to do. I just want to do it bigger. I want to help more people and keep doing it. Nothing wrong with that answer as well. I want to go back to your ties. Uh, you said your parents are Philippines. One of the things I like about United Soccer Coaches is all of their communities, including the API coaching community. They're going to want to grab you and make you a part of that coaching community. Maybe you already are. If you're not, they're going to definitely want you involved. How do you feel about that? I'm excited. Uh, I honest, I just joined another uh, organization. It's called Phil Nation. Uh, and we're trying to, you know, gather Filipino American soccer players that, you know, have dreams of playing in college and playing at the next level and connect them and, and help them network as well. So yeah, the more the merrier. All right. When you hear these three words, United Soccer Coaches, what do those three words mean to you, young man? A community. For sure, a community that wants to push what what we're doing here in this country and, and, and the game and what we can provide for players. Honestly, I think uh, the more people committed, the more people that uh, are devoted to this craft and like how we can all get better, I think that's the best. Two more questions for you, as this has been great. You've told us a lot about what you do at Rutgers Newark. You've told us a lot about Crank, the incredible facility you run, which is awesome. But outside of that, what might be something that people don't know about the great Joselle Mateo? What do people don't? I'm an only child, so it's very, uh, it's weird to be a social, you know, a business owner and a coach. But uh, I'm actually pretty reserved if, if my athletes don't know that. Uh, I like to spend a lot of time just, you know, relaxing or I don't really go out too much. I like to stay to myself. I hang out with my dog and, and my girlfriend and my family. That's fair enough. Everybody respects that. Last thing, we expect to see you in Philadelphia. Can you confirm that you'll be there? And if you are going to be there, what are you looking most forward to as it relates to attending the convention in Philadelphia in early January? Yes, I will definitely be there. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing all the different uh, classroom and field sessions. I've been there once as a player. I helped demonstrate a long, long time ago, but now uh, I'm coming back as a coach and it's going to be really cool to see all the different coaches there and all the different uh, lenses of the game. As we say goodbye, if people want to keep an eye on you because you were really good in this interview, Joselle, I mean that. Is there social media or is there a website for Crank? Uh, how can people keep tabs on the great work you're doing, young man? Sure. If you want to join us uh, for training in New Jersey, that's cranksportsperformance.com. Um, on Instagram, that's KSP Training. And then for me, if you want to keep up with me, uh, Joselle, J-O-S-E-L-M-A-T-E-O underscore on Instagram. Well done. Joselle Mateo, ready to rock and roll for this special holiday edition. Happy holidays to you and all of your family, including your dog, my main man. <laughs> and I can't wait to see you in Philadelphia, okay? Thanks, Dean. Happy holidays. Joselle said it best. Happy holidays. And on behalf of Jeff Van Dusen, the CEO of United Soccer Coaches, I wish each and every one of our members a happy holidays. Can't wait to see you all at the United Soccer Coaches Convention. If you have not signed up yet, please make sure you do. It will be the place to be. I want to thank the great Hank Steinbrecher for kicking off this very special holiday edition. Bailey Conklin, Brandon Milburn, Erica Dyer, as I mentioned, Jeff and Angie and Steve and Pat and Beth and all the great people at United Soccer Coaches. Sarah Wilbur, especially now too with her great work on the 30 Under 30 class. And if I missed anybody, I'm sorry. You know that we appreciate you. I certainly appreciate my great producer, Colin Thrash. And for him and everybody else, I'm Dean Linke saying happy holidays. We'll see you next week for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps.
Thanks for listening to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. To learn more about League Apps, find them at leagueapps.com or as League Apps on all of the social networks. And to learn more about United Soccer Coaches, visit us at unitedsoccercoaches.org.